This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Every year, one thing is always predictable. Postage costs go up. Stamps.com gives you crazy discounts of up to 89% off USPS and UPS services, so your business will barely notice the change. Stamps.com has been indispensable for over 1 million businesses just like yours. It's like your own personal post office. No lines, no traffic, no waiting. Sign up with promo code PROGRAM for a four-week trial plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com code PROGRAM. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello and welcome back to another episode of Green and White brought to you by Argyle Life. I've jumped on with fans of fellow championship clubs to gauge their thoughts and opinions ahead of the return of the world's best second tier. We'll talk transfers, predictions, squad depth, youth talents and most importantly how they think Argyle will get on in our return to the championship. Split into a few parts, we'll venture from Bristol to Sunderland via Coventry, Millwall, Cardiff and Sheffield and try our best to cover the whole league. So without taking up any more time on an intro, let's get into it. And to start part two, we're joined by Gab Sutton to talk all things Birmingham City. How are you, Gab? Really well, thanks, Aaron. We're just saying off air, can't wait for the new season to, to start. Feels like the summer's absolutely flown by. I don't know about you, I was at, uh, at Wembley to watch Sheffield Wednesday beat Barnsley in the last game of, of last season. It seems like yesterday and somehow eight weeks have gone by and we're about to start a new season. But um, yeah, absolutely buzzing for it, mate. Hope you are too. Definitely buzzing now that we're back in the Championship. Let's kick things off by running us through last season for Birmingham. Mm. How to get on? Yeah, not too bad. Um, I think uh, it was uh, a, a lot of pessimism for around the club last summer, which is the complete antithesis uh, to uh, or complete opposite of, of this season um, for, for reasons that we'll come on to. But in those circumstances, I think John Eustace did well. I think he got improved individuals. I think his tactical approach was uh, was pretty good. He showed flexibility, wasn't given much to work with squad-wise in terms of depth, um, but still managed to take us out of that lull in the middle part of the season. And we actually finished the season quite strongly. So um, pretty encouraging. And obviously now the, the new ownership gives us so much hope. Yeah, you talk highly there of John Eustace. Um, mm. Do you think he's the right man for the job or do you think he's a bit more John useless? Sorry for that. Oh, come on. That's far too cruel, Aaron. Um, no, uh, you're a mean man. Um, no, I think he's um, I think he's done a fantastic job. Um, I think, you know, we're, yes, we were able to sign some good players last season, like Tahith Chong um, and, um, and players like that. But on the other hand, um, it, what he had at his resources were um, very limited in terms of squad depth. And I think when players got injured, we had very little about us. Um, and I actually think Eustace has shown more 
um, flexibility than maybe Lee Bowyer did the year before. So I think we're on the right track. He certainly built a connection with the supporters. Um, I like his approach. So yeah, really excited to see what he can do with the opportunity to, uh, to, to really build something with those foundations that are now in place. Yeah, talking about squad depth, obviously let's mm. go on to the transfer window. Sure. I think that you've had an exceptional transfer window, one of the best in the Championship. How, how are you guys feeling about that? Yeah, uh, I, I think we've had a really good window. Uh, Ethan Laird is a great signing. We've obviously used the money for Heath Chong well. Uh, Siriki Dembele is someone who I've watched in the lower leagues. Maybe you have as well. Um, and I think he's someone who's going to bring a lot of trickery and uh, box of tricks. So he's going to be bring the excitement factor. Um, Miyoshi as well from uh, from Japan looks like quite an exciting uh, addition. Um, so lots of re- reasons for uh, for optimism. Ethan Laird, uh, not sure if I mentioned him, but he. He's an absolutely great signing. Um, so really excited to see how he can do. Very attacking right back that we've got from uh, from Manchester United. So, um, yeah, I, th- I think we've done really well in the window um, and um, hopefully we can improve a, a few places from last season. Yeah, like you said, you strengthened pretty well. But where where in the squad are you still a little bit weak? The, the biggest thing for me, Aaron, is we're missing um, a convincing out-and-out centre-forward. We've got uh, Scott Hogan and Lukas Jukovic. Uh, Scott Hogan was OK at times last season, um, uh, you know, and he's obviously there's obviously a finisher in there. And Lukas Jukovic um, is a bit of a target man, probably a little bit past his best now. Uh, I'm not necess- I feel like that's a kind of a bottom six set of options in terms of out-and-out centre-forward. So I'd love us to bring in someone um, uh, who can bring us a bit of a physical dimension, ideally someone who's mobile but can hold the ball up as well. That would be wonderful if we could bring in that centre-forward. Obviously, it's hard to get the right quality at this stage of the window, so might be looking at a loan, but I definitely think we need another striker. So what you're saying is that you need a Sam Cosgrove? <laughs> uh, I, feel like you, I feel like you got the best out of him. I think, I think we'll, let he, well, we'll let you have him. Yeah, I was going to say, do you know what's happening with his future? I can't imagine. From what I can gather, I don't think he's playing, been playing much in, in pre-season. So, um, yeah, I'm sure there's a conversation to be had if you want to uh, come knocking and uh, and see if you can do a deal. I, do you know what? I think um, the, the striker situation at the moment, we've got a few who might be able to do a job as kind of squad players, but we've not got that sort of absolute go-to man. Um, so with that in mind, I'm not sure how much use it is actually keeping Cosgrove. He did way better than I expected uh, for Argyle last season because he had a very, a very difficult 21-22 campaign. Um, but yeah, I'll be open to uh, to letting him go. And imagine we've had that discussion and your asking price is a little bit too high, most probably, and we're waiting for a, a Swansea and a Norwich for you to come down a bit before we... Uh... If 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 we're fishing in that pool, so moving on to the players you've got in the squad, then who would you say is currently the best player at the in the club? Um, well, as I've mentioned, I think some of the signings are, are super exciting. Um, I think we've got some really talented young players uh, coming through the ranks. Uh, so I think there's a lot of optimism from that perspective. Uh, we've obviously lost Austin Trusty, who was uh, a left-sided centre-back who did really well for us last year. So that was a bit of a blow. Um, but I think Christian Bielik, um 
best player in the championship, Derby fans were saying, before he got his long-term injury. And that set him back a little bit. But I think to have him back in midfield um, is uh, is great. So he's certainly the one that I'm uh, I'm particularly excited about. Uh, obviously, Sir Ricky Dembele is, a, is an addition that I yeah, I think could go well as well, because I think he's going to bring that bring that bit of trickery to this side. Um, so, yeah, those are the ones that I'm, uh, I'm particularly excited about. And Lee Buchanan, the left-back that we've brought in, could go well as well. And Dion Sanderson as well is a very athletic uh, defender who's got some ball-playing potential. So I think we've got a few good players. Whether we've got necessarily got that standout edition where you think he's going to be absolutely tear it up, uh, who knows. But at the same time, I think we're at a stage now where you kind of want a bit of steady growth where you don't necessarily want, to, uh, you're not necessarily expecting to be um, uh, sort of bring out fireworks this season. I think a lot of people have listed us as their potential dark horses, and I can see why. But sometimes it can take a bit of time for a takeover as exciting as this to really translate onto the field. So um, I'd be happy if we can just progress a little bit this year. Talking about this year and progressing, what is the hmm. current mood within the fan base? Yeah, so obviously there's a huge amount of optimism because as soon as Tom Wagner came in, the way he did a thousand times more than any of the previous owners have done in about 11 years for Blues, just in terms of the way he's communicated and shown that he's got a plan. And it feels like there's going to be some transparent leadership, which the club has been crying out for for so long, Aaron. So delighted that we've we've now got that. Uh, and to be honest, I think that's the main um, cause for optimism at Birmingham. And I wouldn't mind too much if this season isn't that there's a world in which the momentum from the takeover takes us massively ahead of schedule, and we end up somehow getting into the playoffs. Um, you know, I don't think we're a million miles off that. That could that that could happen. And at the same time, I feel like if we get a top half finish or improve a few places from last season, whilst continuing to develop some of the younger players, we've got um, six of our academy graduates as second year scholars have signed first professional terms, which is really exciting. If we can just continue to to develop that group of young players, um, I think that'd be that'd be wonderful. Give us a realistic prediction of where you finish then. I've uh, obviously done my 1-24s to on the championship, so you can go and check that out, uh, either at my Twitter account on the highlights section um, on championship or uh, on the, the Bet Victor blog. But my prediction was 12th for Birmingham City. If we could get a top half finish, I think that would do me very nicely. All sounds reasonable. Uh, quick fire predictions then. As you say, you've already done your 1-24, to so this will be nice and easy for you. Who have you back to win the league? Leicester City. Um, I think they've got a really strong squad. I'm expecting them to add another three or four. I think they've made some great signings already in Callum Doyle, Connor Cody and Harry Winks. Um, and I think Jeremy Zardi could be top goal scorer. So Leicester City for me. Runners up are Sunderland. Um, I think they uh, got into the playoffs last season when a lot went against them. Newly promoted club lost their manager early on. Injuries have their best striker recalled by um, by uh, Everton um, and uh, Ross Stewart got injured as well. Whereas I think they're going to have less going against them this year. They've since strengthened. I think a lot of their young players are going to get better. So uh, Sunderland are my tip for the top two. And then a dark horse. Dark horse is our whole city. Um after Liam Rossini took charge last season, they only lost six in 28 league games. So they've established some really strong defensive foundations. They've got a good midfield as well. And I think if they can add one or two extra pieces of attack going forward, like Liam Delap, who they've got on loan from Man City, I think they could be one to watch. So keep an eye on them. 
And before you name your bottom three, and I know that we're not in it, which is which is brilliant news. How do you think Argyle will get on in their first season back? Uh, I had you seventeenth, so that's that's how I think you'll you'll get on. Uh, I think that it's uh, certainly going to be a step up. A lot of players who haven't played at this level before, but I think you're such a smart club with such a good system. Uh, I love Simon Hallett the, Hallett, the chairman, and you look at what Andrew Parkinson, Neil Dewsnip, and Jimmy Dickinson have done in their various roles. Um, I just put a lot of trust in in the club, and that's a really important thing for me when we're making these predictions. Um, so yeah, I trust you to make the step up if. Um, if you if Connor Hazard has a good starting goal while uh, while Mike Cooper's injured, I'm sure you'll you'll go into the league very nicely. Is exactly what we like to hear. And then just your three to go down. I'm um, going to uh, have to put my tin hat on whenever I go to Yorkshire, Aaron, because I've got three Yorkshire clubs going down: uh, Sheffield Wednesday, Rotherham United, and Huddersfield Town in my bottom three. And before we go, Gab, remind everybody where they can get your content. Yeah, sure. So you can follow me on Twitter at Gab Sutton. Um, I study the EFL uh, and all teams across the three leagues. Um, I also have conversation starters on on my account uh, across the EFL every weekday. So you can go and get involved there. Uh, I also have a show here called EFL Debate, which I've done with you, Aaron and um, and Joe Bell. Yeah, basically kind of talking about all things uh, all things EFL. Really, I also get the odd manager on there as well at times. So um, yeah, that's all good fun. So you can follow me on Twitter at Gab Sutton and for the hashtag EFL debate. Brilliant. Thanks, Gab. Appreciate you coming on. Cheers. Moving on to Middlesbrough up next, I'm joined by Johnny from Borough Breakdown. How, how are you, Johnny? Yeah, I'm really good, Aaron. Thanks. How are you doing, mate? Yeah, I'm good. I'm good. I'll say I'm good. I told you I was pretty frantic and busy off air, but I'll say I'm <laughs> good for this recording. First things first, Just if you could just run us through last season and how you got on. Yeah, uh, last season, man. What what a roller coaster of a of a of a year, really. I think from the sheer optimism coming into the season, probably from the outside looking in, uh, Chris Wilder was in charge at the time, but there was like underlying factors which he was going to set, he was going to leave in the the March time, didn't then. Uh, and there was a few rumblings that things weren't as as good as it could have been behind the scenes. And then fast forward to November, we're twenty first in the championship. No one's really expecting it. We were meant to be first, according to all the pundits. The underlying numbers were good, like just it wasn't really happening. Um, and then Michael Carrick comes in, and our season just ignites, and we go on this insane run. Um, we bring in some really good players like Cameron Archer, um, Aaron Ramsey. We also had Ryan Giles on board as well. And it was just such a good time to watch Middlesbrough. And we got to the playoff semi-final and, you know, we just we just fell short. You know, we missed like two big opportunities in the first leg and the second the second leg. So we had an opportunity and didn't score. And, you know, Coventry, credit to them. They, they went through with the final and unfortunately they didn't, they didn't make it. But Overall, it was a really good season last year. I really enjoyed it, and I'm hoping we do something similar this year. Yeah, does it does it make it sweeter the fact that you started off so poorly to still make the playoffs? Is that like, is that a better season? Yeah, like absolutely. So like, you got we were on this insane run, and obviously you you guys are know from like the last couple of seasons like how amazing it is to go on like insane runs, right? And mm. with and, and with that, we just. 
I don't know. We, we like it would have been nice to be up there all season, but like you're saying, that it was very sweet to be where we were, and then there was just no pressure for so long. And I think we kind of peaked too soon a little bit towards the end. But yeah, what a roller coaster, man! And it was it was very sweet and what good football as well. Like it's probably one of the best I've seen as a Bora fan for a long time. So yeah, it was quite special last year. Yeah, nice. Talk us through uh, Michael Carrick then. Obviously, it's his, his first job as a manager, right? So he seems to be going pretty well so far. Do you see him as like a long-term answer for success? I hope so, yeah. Um, I, I really like Michael Carrick. And he can't, when he we was getting touted for the job, I wanted him or Robert, Rob Edwards, which, interestingly, he went up in the end with Luton because uh, they were both in the market at the time. And Middlesbrough have a really good history of, like, bringing in managers for the first role and then having like good opportunities and going on to succeed. Um, you know, like Brian Robson, Steve McLaren won the trophy was then went on to manage England, which was insane. Then Gareth Southgate who replaced him got us relegated, but then somehow his next job is managing England again, which is again, insane. Um, I Karanka did really well and you know, to have Michael Carrick in with the, his history as a player, you know, really good experience at Manchester United, had really good um, references with, with Gareth Southgate. He was pretty much the guy to push him into the, the into the job. And, you know, he's just been a really, really good fit. I don't think anyone would expect him to be so successful in his first managerial season and probably didn't expect to be where we were at the end of it either. Um, but I think what he did really well was was just bring the arm around the players that needed it, simplified the games, made fine tweaks to a, a team that should have really been up in and around the playoffs anyway. And he just built and built and built. And the football we played was just really good. It was kind of like a flip of a switch, really, flick of a switch, switch, sorry. And it was just like... A, Okay, we were an example would be we were playing against Hull, we were getting beat one nil, and then we scored four in like ten minutes, and it was just like amazing to watch. So yeah, he's done really, really well. Um, the coaching staff around him deserve an immense amount of credit as well. Jonathan Woodgate, Aaron Danks, excellent coach, and 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 Grant Ledbetter as well. So yeah, it's just a really good uh, management group at the minute, and I hope he stays. For he has been linked with a couple of moves to Premier League, but. I think he wants to stay. I hope he stays and we keep him for a long while because it just seemed like a good fit at the minute. So what you're suggesting is that he's the next England manager, right? Probably, yeah. I mean, is if history is uh, on our side, you know, McLaren did it, Southgate did it, no one next England manager, but Carrick, and he'd be good at it as well. Like, I feel like he'd, he's just like so calm and collected. And you know what? I wouldn't rule it out. I wouldn't 100% not rule it out. I feel like he probably will be at one point. Moving on to your, your summer transfer window then. How's that gone for yourselves? Who have you brought in that you're most excited by? Yeah, we've had a, a, a weird, uh, not weird, but a quite a weird but exciting uh, transfer window so far. We're definitely not done. I think we need about five more players to come in and to try and get us to the point where we were last year. The strategy has been for the, the first part of the window is to probably bring younger players in with a higher ceiling. Uh, you know, I'm thinking of Alex Gilbert from, from Brentford's B team, uh, Rav Vandenberg, who probably is the 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 signing 
probably our marquee signing so far. You know, he, he he's 18 year old, came from Zwolle, and um, a lot of big teams are after him as well. So to to land him as a 18 year old centre half was was really exciting for us. Um, Sandy Dieng, a goalkeeper. Um, if you haven't seen much of Middlesbrough, a goalkeeper is really vital to how we play. They pretty much kickstart a lot of our moves from playing out from the back and trying to play through the thirds and and create opportunities and space to get in behind teams. So like that's could be a, a really influential signer for us. And then there's two more. There's Morgan Rogers and, and Sammy Silvera. Sam, and Sammy Silvera looks really, really promising too. Um so that's been like a really good like start. We've we've brought in some young players who can play multiple positions and it looks quite good. We just need to keep adding and adding and adding now. Like, you know, we need to we need a left back, um, really, because Giles had eleven assists last year and now we're set to sign for Luton. So that's like a shame that we didn't get him in on a permanent. Um so we need a left back, probably another centre forward, and there'll be a bit more experience kicking around as well. So we're not done yet, but overall, good start, exciting. You know, I think some of the players look really good. Uh so hopefully the they can rise to the challenge of the championship and we could be playing sale again because we've got a good base. We've got a really good base. It's just, can we keep building on that? Yeah, nice. I think you um, beat us to the signing of Sammy Silvera as well. And judging by his uh, highlights reel, he looks pretty good as well. Or or a video that I saw on YouTube anyway. Moving on then, who who would you say is the best player at the club currently then? Who's one to watch? Best player. Best player to watch. Um, I would say... Hayden Hackney is our best player to watch. He's definitely, he's definitely, he may not be our best player, but our best, like the player to watch, definitely. Um, centre midfield there, young, come from the academy, um, blossomed last season uh, under Michael Carrick. Um, he wasn't actually part of the plans at all under Wilder. And uh, Leo Persovich brought him in and uh, from in his interim charge. Uh, and then Carrick's kept him there and he's just flourished. Um, really, really tidy uh, centre defensive midfielder. A joy. He, he'll play at a higher level, easy. Um, so yeah, he's probably our one player to definitely watch. But obviously, naturally, um, Chubrak Pom is is the one. Am I lagging? By the way, sorry. Uh, yeah, your video is, but your audio isn't. So it doesn't matter. Don't oh, worry about that. So, so, sorry. Um, yeah, fine. Sorry. Yeah, I'll start. But yeah, like Chubrak Pom is the. Uh, is definitely probably the one that's on everyone's lips because you know all the goals last year, last season he was amazing to watch and really was influential in that number ten as well. So Hayden Hackney and Chubrakpom are the, are the two guys to to definitely watch for sure. Akpom seemed to like come out of nowhere as well, right? Like nobody was expecting um, him to be anywhere near like top goal scorer and absolutely ran away with it. Yeah, like. No one expected it. Like I, I, everyone expected Juba to to leave Boring that summer, um, and that summer, and he played a game. Um, I can't remember who he played now, but it was in a friendly. It was a French team, and I feel like I should definitely know this. And it's just completely left my brain. Um, but he was a he came on and he got some good minutes, and we we're like, "Wow, Juba looks pretty good." Like I would, I wouldn't mind like trying him out because we need another centre forward. Um. Played the first game of the season, scored against Sheffield United. And then he just, like, he got injured, unfortunately, but then came back and would just hit the ground running. His record under Carrick in that second half of the season was insane. Um, 
But yeah, he's, he's playing like as a withdrawn striker. That number you'll see it as like a number ten, really, if you're looking at the positions. But withdrawn striker will like to play as a, a two up top in possession. And yeah, he was he was just got so good, and it was such a shock. It was such a shock. No one expected it. Moving on to next season, then what are the what's the mood like in the fan base currently? I hope it's positive. I really hope it's positive. Um, it looks positive um, across like social media a little bit. I think everyone's trying to say that everyone we need a couple of signings to to make things uh, a bit more sweet. I probably am on the fence of we'll have a slow start and then we'll probably blossom as the season goes on. We just need the players to come in, I think. You know, we've got that good base. And if we can add to that even more and bring in the right players, then why can't we like go and do one better this season or at least try and get promoted? Do you know what I mean? So, um, yeah, it's positive. It definitely felt positive. You know, how can't it be after after last season? You know, there'll always be a couple of murmurs and say that we haven't replaced the, the lone players, which we, we haven't yet. Um, but we will, and hopefully it, it's a it's set up for a nice nice season. I'm I'm very excited to see how Plymouth do. To be honest, I'm very excited to see how he's do because um, you've been doing so well over like last couple of seasons. Hasn't really worked out, but I'm excited to see how you do this year. So, um, but yeah, overall excitement in the in the Borough camp for sure. Let's skip to that now. Then, how how do you think we'll get on? So I'm very intrigued by you because there's there's people that will say you get relegated. And uh, which is the natural thing to to say, right? Not to say, say you guys get really good, but I don't see that at all. Um, I think you'll probably do quite well. I would probably, I would like to say like thirteenth, thirteenth, fourteenth was like a good benchmark. Um, take that. You, yeah, you will take. Everyone will take that, right? Um, for a new promoted side, but I I feel like just like although you haven't like got the established players to to come in. The squad, from what I've seen, is still young. It's exciting. You've scored goals for fun the last couple of years. You've been exciting to watch. Like, why can't you just continue that into into the championship uh, next season? So, it, it, I'm interested. I'm interested to see how he's do. Um, I would like to say 13th, 14th. I would like to say that. Um, I think it definitely depends on the first half of the season. Definitely, like the first 15 games. If you guys can put a couple of good results together. Then I think you'd be fine. If it's slow and quite tedious, it could be a bit of a slog um, as the season goes on. But there's there's teams that are in disarray, you know, like Blackburn are struggling, like 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 behind the scenes. QPR really struggled last year. Um, Rotherham will probably struggle again, and they did okay, but they'll probably struggle. And you know, there's 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 teams to beat in and around that division. The championship is very open, so hopefully you do well. I like Plymouth as well, so I mean. Fingers crossed, he's do quite well. Nice, yeah. Everybody says that to my face that they like us. So uh, that's always no. Good. I I remember going to to Plymouth for far and the one we won, we won three one, um, and I can't remember who scored the third one, but yeah, it was a nice it was a nice ground. It was cold. It was in two thousand nine, I think. For some reason, two thousand nine, um, because that's the only time I've seen you play us. So. At home. Yeah, it would be twelve thousand. Yeah, yeah, good. Yeah. It was good. <laughs> nice. Um, it's it's a nice new ground for people in the championship as well that, that haven't been for a while. So, moving on to predictions, then let's just have some quick fire predictions. Who for you wins the league? Leicester. The teams, 
that's off the scale, isn't it? Like this squad's insane, and they'll only keep adding to it. So I'm gonna go Leicester, unfortunately. Runners up. Can I say us? Can I say Middlesbrough? I feel like that. Yeah, you know, I'm gonna be, I'm gonna be confident. Hopefully, we finish seconds. I would like us to finish second because I can't deal with playoff heartbreak again. And then a dark horse. They got promoted with years, so it's not. Unfortunately, I don't like doing this. But Ipswich, sorry, you're not the first. Yeah, I think Ipswich look really good. Um, you know, I, I think they're a team that's looked exciting over the last couple of seasons. I think Kieran McKenna's done a great job there. Um, Sam Marcy, who was at Borough, is really, really enjoying it. Um, they're from when we've been speaking to him previously. So, yeah, I think that I think they look as like the, as good as dark horses for uh, the the newly promoted teams for sure. And then just your three to go down. Uh, Chef Wednesday, they seem in a bit of disarray at the minute. Um, QPR and Rotherham will probably be my three. Um, but I do expect Blackburn to have quite a poor season this year. Nice. Before you go, Johnny, where can people find your content? Yeah, so they can uh, find us uh, at the Borough breakdown so borrow underscore breakdown on twitter and the borrow breakdown podcast on all your podcast providers uh and on youtube as well and on social media search for borrow breakdown and you you'll probably find us so yeah that's where we are brilliant thanks johnny all right cheers aaron picture the scene all of your mates around you've got your mcnugget share boxes ready to go partner this with your team playing champagne football perfect order mcdelivery now on the mcdonald's app there's nothing quite like a mcdelivery at participating restaurants 18 plus serving times delivery fee and terms apply see mcdonald's.com moving down to the capital next as i'm joined by alex from that Millwall podcast. Hi, Alex. How's things? Hello, mate. I'm good, thank you. You? Yeah, all good. Last season didn't really end how you'd hoped. R- run us through the story. Well, I mean, the most part of last year, um, I think we were all quite happy with. Uh, didn't start particularly well, um, but uh, eventually it picked up. Um, it all picked up, actually, after a formation change away to Rotherham. Again, we drew one all. But Gary Rowett switched to a bat four um, and it made a massive change for us. Uh, we were really, really successful from that onwards uh, for the rest of the season, really. Got up into the playoffs, fell out of the playoffs, then got back into it going into the last day and uh, thought we were there at half time on the final day being 3-1 up. Somehow managed to go from 3-1 up to losing 4-3 and ended up finishing eighth in a crazy, crazy emotional game of football that that was. It was a bit. Uh, it was a bit of a painful end to what was on paper and you know really, really successful campaign. I think anyone would would say that for Millwall to be in and around the playoffs yet again is testament to the job that Gary Rowett's done, really. And we go into this into this season with a bit of optimism yet again, even though the field I think is even tougher in some ways. It's a much tougher league. I mean, you look at the three teams that have come down. You know, Leeds. Southampton and Leicester, you know, three very, very good teams. It's going to be difficult, I think, this year. But again, I think we'll be in and around that that area. You touch on it there. What's the mood like in the fan base? Yeah, I think it's it's optimistic. Um, obviously, we had a, some sad news come um, just before the 
start of the pre-season games got underway was the uh, was the death of the chairman. Um, died in a tragic accident uh, while he was driving in America, um, which has sort of put a bit of an uncertainty for a little period of time. But his son's now taken over, so hopefully it's a it's just a, a continuation from what he did over his seventeen years. But there's a lot of optimism going into the season. I think a lot of people have been encouraged by some of the transfer business that we've managed to do for decent signings in. So I think a lot of people are are looking at this season and quite confident that we can create something, you know, can can have another solid season, not be involved in any forms of battles down the bottom and yet again really just focusing on trying to break into that top six. That's that's been the aim now for the last two seasons. Obviously we came very close last year and, and fell short. But this year I think again they've got the chance to do it. You know, if they can keep everyone together, they can keep the squad focused. There's no reason why they can't do what they did last year because you look at the teams in there, there's a lot of teams that have come, you know, that have come down in recent years that haven't quite lived up to their billing that and their parachute payments are running low now. They're you know, the likes of Norwich. Um, who had a really poor year last year um, in terms of the style of football they played. I think for what Norwich fans were thinking was going to be a comfortable season for them, ended up being a poor one. So it's so difficult to predict how this league will go. Um, but the mood in the fan base is optimistic. You, you touch on there your, your four summer signings. Run us through your summer business ins and outs. Yeah, so it's been a decent, decent summer in terms of the players that have come in. First deal that got done was the one for Kevin Nisbet uh, from Hibernian. I think that's a great pickup. Yeah, he was a a very very good signing. I mean, they tried to sign him in January. It didn't quite happen um, for whatever reason. Um, there was rumours of a failed medical, and there was rumours that he had a change of heart or stuff like that. But but the deal got done um, eventually, and that's a massive massive deal because what Mill will have been short of, I think, is a striker who can who can put the goals away. I know Tom Bradshaw had a terrific season last year, uh, but he needs support. You know, him and Ian Fleming uh, both got into double figures last year, but the next person after that was was Charlie Creswell on four. So that's not enough. Uh, they managed to get in Joe Bryan as well from Fulham, which I think is a terrific signing, considering the other offers he had. You look at it and you think, yeah, all right, he's... He's not played a lot of football, but he's a quality player. He's won promotion from the Championship twice. Um, someone who who can play rather attacking role as a fullback, which we've lacked. You know, we've got Murray Wallace, but not quite that level of attacking play that you'd need from an attacking fullback. And obviously with Scott Malone departing, so we needed to bring in someone who who can play that position. And I think it's a it's a terrific capture. Wes Harding coming from Rotherham. Um, which was announced last week. Um, again, I think that is a good signing. Whether or not it'll be regular first team or whether it'll just be cover, an interesting thing to see. But again, if Gary Rowett's going to play a five at the back system, which he has done throughout pre-season, then it adds to the cover at centre-back, which again, we could be a little short now with the likes of Sean Hutchinson. He's he's getting a bit older, um, tends to pick up a few more injuries a year now. So, that would be quite a vital signing in some ways as having someone that's good enough to be a decent backup. Um, and Casper Denor 
come in um, from OH Louvren uh, last Friday. Uh, looks a really, really good player. Um, and looks like someone who could really settle into championship football quite well. He's played in the Champions League um, and he's played for Belgium at under-21 level. So we've done really well with those that we've managed to bring in. Um, the outgoings, I mean, obviously we lost the lone players from last year, like Charlie Creswell and Jamie Shackleton were both both key players for us towards the end of last season. Creswell more so. Um, you know, he really came into his own uh, after a bit of a shaky start, but he really did come into his own and was very key. Then we let Scott Malone go at the end of the season and Mason Bennett. Um, probably not brought in a replacement for Mason Bennett yet, um, which is something they're going to have to do because it's still a little bit light, I think, in those wide attacking areas, um, in my opinion. Yeah, so moving on to the manager then, obviously Gary Rowett at the helm. I assume you, you're very happy with him. Got great time for Gary. Um, he's 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 been there now. What it'd be five years in October. Um, the second longest serving manager in the championship. Now he's um, he divides opinion at times, um, particularly at the start of last season when he stuck playing with the back five and it just wasn't working. Uh, it took a while for him to change it, but he did change it. Um, and yeah, look, he he's delivered in all four seasons that he's been there they've all been top half finishes uh, you can't argue with that you know it's the most consistent run that Millwall have had in in the second tier for a long time a considerable top half team uh, which is something they haven't been often been known as a yo-yo club between league one and the championship sixth year in the championship now and looking at a possible again playoff charge again no he's done a fantastic job he's taken the club forward from where it was left when he took over from Neil Harris, it, things were a little bit interesting. We weren't quite sure where the club was was moving. Harris had had a, not a great year the previous year. We'd just survived. And Gary did really well. Look, he picked the team up. They finished eighth that year. And they've just been solid ever since. I think eighth, 11th, ninth, eighth, I think, has been the finishes. So they've been teetering around that playoff zone for so long. Um, it's just whether now they can, can use this year to break it in. But I think people feel... There's like a a feeling that this is the make or break year for Gary, really, that if it doesn't happen this year, he may take the opportunity to move on at the end of the season. There'll be disappointment, of course there will, but I think there'll be acknowledgement for the job he's done. Done a brilliant job. And he's a manager who, you know what you're going to get with Gary Rowett. You know you're not going to be involved in a relegation battle. You know you're easily going to be comfortably mid-table. It's just then whether you can take that gap from being a mid-table team to a playoff team. And he's done well. You know, he did well at Birmingham. He did well at, at Derby. Obviously, he didn't do too well at Stoke, but who does well at Stoke? So, I I don't have any complaints. Nice. So, talking about um, a potential playoff push, let's move on to some predictions. Where, where do you think you'll finish? It's hard. I, I, I always back us to be in and around. Painful to finish just short again. But... Depending on the next couple of weeks, if they can get just a few more through the door, I think it will be enough for them to to really launch a chance at getting that spot. Um, they've been so close so many years now. Um, they've just missed the odd thing. The odd thing's been missing each year. And I think the recruitment this year has been good. Um, the signings they've brought in have been key. If Bradshaw and Fleming can, can have the link-up play that they had last year, 
along with having Nisbet in the team as well, I think that should be enough goals to power into the playoffs. But the only thing that worries me defensively this year, um, I know we've got a fantastic defensive record. I think since Gary's been in charge, we've I think we've conceded less than a goal a game. But they're, they're just that little bit older now. Um, Cooper and Hutchinson have been a, a fabulous partnership for so long. But as I said earlier, I think with Hutchinson getting that little bit older now, he's getting a few injuries creep into his game. Um, I'm going to go, I think we'll be between sort of 6th and 10th. I think it's going to be between that sort of section. Everyone knows the final two playoff places. They're always, a, it, it goes down to the last day every year, doesn't it? I'm hoping that we get that sixth spot. I think I've got you down just outside the playoffs, but um, yeah. that, my whole predictions will change like 100 times between now and the, the first game. So quick fire predictions then. Who, who wins the league for you? I think Leicester win the league. Um, they look the strongest team to me. Yeah, that seems to be the general consensus. Uh, runners up. Yeah. So at the minute, I've gone with the Saints purely because if they keep the likes of Lavia and Ward-Prowse and players like that, they'll be very, very good at this level. Um, obviously, now I've said that, they're going to go and sell both of those players and it's all going to go down the drain. If they've got those players, it's going to be hard to beat them, I think. And then, um, and before you name your bottom three... How do you think Argo will get on this season now that we're finally back? Do you know, I watched a lot of Plymouth last year in League One. Um, yeah, at home, they're terrific. They're absolutely terrific at home. Um, and I think that's going to be really key. If they can do if they can do well at home, which I think they will do, um, then I don't have too many fears for them. Um, I, I definitely think there's worse teams in the league than Plymouth. Um, yeah, I'm quite looking forward to going to home park. I've never been, so... I'm quite looking forward to that. But no, I think they'll be fine. Plymouth, absolutely fine. Probably upper reaches, I reckon, of the bottom half, I think. Sort of like between 13th and 16th, I think. You know, I think they'll be fine. Any prediction that has the word upper in it, I'll take it. Upper. <laughs> nice. And then, then your bottom three, who goes down? This is the question every year. I mean, I, I think last year I went for Rotherham, Birmingham and and I can't remember who, I can't remember who it was, but they ended up having a fabulous season, I think, whoever it was I went for. Um, for Rotherham again, um, you know, I think they did well last year to stay up. I think at times it was a little bit difficult. Um, I mean, I remember playing them on, on New Year's Day and the team was absolutely battered. There's so many injuries um, and stuff like that, and how they actually managed to to pull that round, I think, was testament to the job that um, Taylor did. I think he did a terrific job in keeping them there. Yeah, so, but I am gonna, I am gonna put them down in that in that mire again. Um, another one for me that I think is going to struggle um, is QPR. I, I just don't see Gareth Ainsworth's football being good enough for the championship. I mean, they were woeful at times last year. And the other one, Sheffield Wednesday for me, um, all the craziness with the manager leaving so close to the start of pre-season. And I think their squad is still nowhere near the level needed. Uh, it's a very ageing squad. You know, that's Barry Bannon, terrific player. But can he really power a team on his own again in the Championship? I think it's going to be difficult. Um, and I'm not totally sold on their managerial appointment either. I think that's the three. Um, Rotherham, QPR and Sheffield Wednesday for me, mate. Nice. B before you go, where can people find you? 
You can find us um, on Twitter at that Millwall Pod. Um, we're on Spotify and Acast as well uh, at, the, at that Millwall Podcast. Um, we have a website as well. Type in that Millwall Podcast on Google, and you'll find us. Brilliant. Cheers, Alex. Thanks, mate. Next up is a familiar foe in Sheffield Wednesday, and I'm joined by James from the Wednesday Till I Die podcast. Hi, James. How's things? Hi, Aaron. Yeah, thanks for having me on, mate. Yeah, all uh, all good. Thank you very much. Last season could be described as as a bit of a roller coaster season for yourselves, varying levels of highs and lows. Finishing in a in that incredible playoff campaign that seems to have continued into the summer break too, right? Yeah, it has been such a weird, weird season. Not going to lie, uh, I thought we were going to be champions, you know, the, probably two-thirds into the season. I thought, you know, there was that point where I think you was in the John, uh, in the JPT final, you played like one game in the league in, in one particular month. Uh, and I think we were playing every single week and it looked like, you know, we could have easily, you know, gone seven, eight, nine points clear of you at the top. And I think come the end of the... Um, you know, come the next time you actually kicked a ball in the league, I think we were level on points. So, yeah, the wheels well and truly fell off. Um, and I, I'm not going to lie, everyone thought that, would, that was it and it was going to be over. You know, 4-0 down in the first leg of the playoffs as well. Again, that was it, League One next season. But, you know, um, I went to the uh, the second leg in hope rather than expectation. And I'm so glad that I did because, you know, that's a game that's going to be remembered for many, many years to come for for pretty much every single Wednesday night that was there, to be honest. And then, yeah, to do it at Wembley as well, you know, um, they went down to 10 men. They were getting more and more into the game. But the 123rd minute, I mean, you, you can talk about leaving it late, but to leave it in the not 98th minute in the in the uh, second leg of the, you know, the semi-final and then the 123rd minute in the final, yeah, you can't leave it any later than that really, can you? You also left your change of manager a little bit late, no? Obviously, Zisco Munoz, the man brought in to replace Darren Moore. Give us a little bit of an insight into your new man in charge and, and what you think of him. Yeah, well, I think Darren Moore kind of split opinion, to be fair. Um, although after after the Wembley win, I think most people would have would have been fairly happy at giving him giving him the season and giving him a shot in the championship uh, to see what he could could actually do. Uh, but yeah. Things broke down with the with the chairman, which I could you know, I could talk to you for ages about uh, about that one. But yeah, Cisco's come in. I think if you look at his um, his track record, I know people have commented on the fact that he's not had a, a job for longer than twelve months months, which is a little bit worrying um, on the face of it. However, he's not had that many jobs, uh, and the one in England that he did have, he took Watford back up into the Premier League. Now. Watford had a fantastic squad that season, you know, under no illusion that it's going to be a lot tougher with with Sheffield Wednesday. It, you know, the fact that he's coming in, he has got that uh, that pedigree behind him. It's quite exciting, and you know, he plays a different style of uh, style of football. He plays different formation to what we we played last season. He plays more of a a four three three or a four two three one or various other iterations of that. We're moving away from the back five basically, which is uh, which is something that I'm quite glad glad of. Um, we haven't seen a great deal of him. Obviously, we've had a few uh, preseason games that we've that we've seen him. Um, he looks very hands on. Looks very uh, from speaking to some Watford fans as well. You know, this the season that he was there, 
Um, he's a very likable character, so that's what you want, really. You want to resonate with the with the manager. I'm sure we're going to be able to be able to do that. And fingers crossed, he can he can get a tune out of the well. Up until today, very few players that we've got at the moment. Yeah, you say about pulling away from a back five. It looks like if uh, pre-seasons to be believed, we're doing the same thing, which is a bit of a surprise. But maybe that's not the way to go in the championship. So it could be a blessing for yourselves. Yeah, um, I think more. I think more football's played in in the championship. You know, no disrespect, but um, I think League One is a bit more. Choose the word agricultural. Let's let's say in the in the approach of uh, you know how you win your points. But whereas, yeah, you play a bit more football. I don't want to say played in the right way, but. I've, I've, I suppose I've already said it there, and but yeah, it's uh, it's exciting stuff anyway. Yeah, exactly, exactly. What's what's the current mood like amongst the fan base then end of this season? Flat. <laughs> I think that's an understatement. Um, obviously, we're recording this what uh, a week and a half until the season gets underway. Obviously, we we play on Friday with the curtain raiser against Southampton at Hillsborough. Um, if you spoke to me yesterday, we'd have made one permanent signing or one signing in the transfer window. Um, and that was Reese James, who we had last season. So it doesn't really feel like much of a signing. However, mm. uh, yesterday we uh, signed a Chilean uh, international in Juan Delgado. Don't know a great deal about him, other than he plays on the right, can play right back or right wing back or right or right winger as well, I think. Um and then just before we've come on here to record this, we've signed Ashley Fletcher uh, on a season-long loan from from Watford. So again, Ashley he's not Fletcher's not one that you know when you look at his recent record, it's not fantastic. However, I think we're at the moment now where we just need bodies through the door. Uh, we had 17 first-team pros on the trip to Spain that we've had. Um, obviously, now that, that, that goes up to 19 now, and uh, we're slowly but surely starting to um, starting to fill the numbers. But in terms of the, what the feelings like, everyone's there was a massive high after after the playoffs. Obviously, in the way that it that it manifested itself, um, there's been things off the pitch in terms of ticket prices. Some of the listeners might have seen what the price is going to be. I'm sure. You know the long journey from from uh, from where you guys are is going to be quite expensive anyway. But add, add on to that, how much your ticket's going to cost? Um, there's you know, lots of things that have happened that we don't really agree with behind the scenes, and I do feel like that bubble has well and truly burst. Um, and there's not a great deal of optimism around the club at the moment. A few new new signings, a few more decent signings as well, and I'm sure that optimism might come back. But I have had to reevaluate my. Uh, my predictions, let's say. I've bookmarked your podcast with uh, Chan Siri to give it to a, a little listen back to. Uh, I assume that you touched on things like the ticket prices and that there, but you, you, yeah, you I mean, I, I didn't get a chance to record it. Um, however, uh, it, was, uh, it was one where I've uh, I spoke about what was said, and, and then there's a lot of reaction from from the fans. And um, yeah, it's it, it, it's if you're wanting positivity, don't listen to that one. If you want to have a laugh and a giggle about how uh, you can go from the highs of winning at Wembley to the lows of, of what how our fans feel, then, yes, yeah, certainly give that one a listen. Yeah, it, it feels like as well the Championship every year there's one team that goes down through uh, mismanagement off the field rather than on it. Do, do you feel like that that could be a danger for yourselves, the drop? Uh, possibly. However, he's not doing what he did last time and spending loads of money and, and signing players on big contracts. He's, he's doing the absolute opposite. 
and not signing anyone. Uh, there was a fear that we, we might have been playing the kids. They've featured quite heavily in, in pre-season so far. We've got we've got a game tonight as we record this, and then we've got another one at the weekend against Luton, and then that's it, our pre-season's finished. Um, you know, I, I don't think we're going to... I think the purse strings have been tightened somewhat, and there's things off the field in terms of revenue, and, and um, we, we don't exploit other revenue streams as perhaps as we as we should and we are just relying on the chairman to put the money in and then that's where that's where the issues come in terms of financial fair play i don't think it is going to become an issue because he obviously i think he understands that now however he needs to understand that you need to bring more money in from from elsewhere player sales and, and things like that we just haven't got the four five six million pound players that we can offload to to fund the season if so to speak so no i don't think I don't think we're going to get any points deductions. I certainly hope we don't anyway. Um, but we, the problem is you see other clubs like Leicester's and, and obviously they've just come down from the Premier League. But when you, when you try and compete with those, it's it's very difficult when you see how much money they're spending and, and we just we just can't do that. What are your expectations for this season then going into this? like, What's a realistic prediction for yourselves? After Wembley, I would have said that mid-table would have been fairly, uh, fairly achievable. To be honest, I think you know at that time you looked in the you know in the championship from last season and you thought, you know, we were probably better than you know six, seven of those those clubs that were that were struggling at the bottom. As pre-seasons have gone on and you've seen some of those clubs and that have that have spent a bit of money and the signings that they've been making, and and obviously the lack of activity that we've been doing as well uh i would if you took if you said to me 21st i would snap my hands off it right now like i said it can always change and i know the transfer window is open for another you know it didn't shut while the first of september you know three four weeks into the into the season i know a lot can change but i feel like we're going to find it pretty difficult i think we've got a uh, the, the squad that we've got the you know the players such as barry bannon josh windash george byers etc the you know some of those names I've just mentioned there are top quality players and and would be able to hold their own in in many championship squads. The problem we've got is we're not going to um, we're not going to be able to keep them all fit throughout the you know course of the season. So asking them to play forty odd games is is something that's you know it's not really feasible. So we just need to bring that uh, that that squad depth in. More like it's so important. I'm sure it's important every season, but we know that injuries are going to come, and it's just how we kind of manage the squad, really. Yeah, nice. Let, let's move on to some quick fire predictions then. Uh, who wins the league for you? Uh, Leicester got to win the league, surely, with what they've been spending and they've kept, you know, the vast majority of their players. So yeah, I've, I've earmarked them for for going straight back up. And who joins them in the automatics? Ooh, I'm going to say Middlesbrough. I think Middlesbrough are going to go one step further. You, you often see that, you know, carry the momentum through. Um, I could be, I could be, I could say Leeds or Southampton, but no, I'll go for, I'll go for Middlesbrough. Nice. And a, and a dark horse? Ooh, dark horse. Um, I don't think these really classes are dark horse because they've been, obviously, did so well last season as well, but it's got to be Ipswich, I think. Um, I think they'll do similar to what Sunderland did last season and uh, and carry on where they left off kind of thing. And obviously they finished the season fantastically well, just like yourselves did, and they've continued to spend the money as well. So, yeah, I'm going to go for 
I'm going to say Ipswich are going to probably finish in the playoffs. Wow. Nice, bold. And then just name your bottom three to go down. It's got to be rather romantic being a Sheffield Wednesday fan. Um, <laughs> they've got to be they've got to be down there. I'll put them as bottom. Um, I think QPR are going to struggle. And the third one will be... Putting me on the spot here now. Um, let's say Huddersfield as well. Nice. I'm just glad you didn't say us. Before we, <laughs> before we go, James, where, where can people find you? Yeah, so you can find us on all the major podcasting platforms. It's the Wednesday Till I Die podcast. Uh, you can also find us on Twitter where we're fairly vocal on there. And it's at WTID pod. Brilliant. Thanks, James. No problem. Hello, it's Dan here from the Every Step Along the Way Stoke City podcast. I'm just here to talk to you about ahead of the current season, well, the uh, the new season. And I would say the mood is very different now than it was about two or three weeks ago, to be honest. we A couple of weeks ago, we had no side. And then we only had about seven first-team players signed up. And Alex Neal's gone out there. And he's bartered, and and he and he's he's really dug his heels in with some players over wage demands and clubs with transfer fees, and he's managed now to put together what is looking like a really exciting championship side. We've had a guy named Jared Dublin's come in. He used to work at Reading and at Sheffield United. He's come in to do the uh, be head of recruitment straight away. We've got a couple of Portuguese wingers playing for us. That is very unstoke city like, let me tell you. <laughs> we have been British all the way, you know, best of British tea and all that, right the way for about six or seven years. So if nothing else, we have no ideas. I mean, Chiquino, we've seen play for Wolves a bit, and obviously he seems very exciting. Um and then the obviously you know, Vidigal comes with the with the uh, stereotypical um uh, the YouTube video that makes him look like a superstar. Like I say, he, they may well be, they may not. Who's, who's to know? Uh, the fun is finding out. Uh, Alex Neal. Now, he, he's been around, he's been here now nearly a year. I think it was like late August last season when he was brought in. Um, to be honest, when he first came in, I was when I first announced him, I was a bit underwhelmed, but then... The more I heard of him and you, know, you get to sort of listen to him and that, I actually really like him now. He didn't. We didn't actually have a great season last year. We were, you know, we were actually quite dull at times, and and we, you know, we finished in our customary fifteenth, sixteenth position. But actually, we him himself, I could see he was building something. I could see he wants more, and I think he knows how to get more. He's definitely going to bring long term success to this club, and. The signings he's making now, he's he's been ruthless. The whole club has been wiped out. Every department's been people have been moved on, behind the scenes, football wise. Because he ticket off his staff a lot. Everybody, you know, everybody's gone, and the club's had a massive overhaul. We've got a bit of, a bit of time, I think, to blend everybody in. Um, but I think he's going to be able to use his formation as well. He didn't have any wingers. There was no wide people in last year. He was really limited with FFP. What he could do. And I think he made the most of a bad situation and probably looked at it as a massive pre-season for this year in that he could look at players and determine whether he wanted them now when he's actually going to be able to get a serious sort of go at the top 10 and hopefully top 6. Um, hopefully if all things go well. 
I think key to that as well is going to be keeping hold of Tyrese Campbell. For me, he's the guy. He, without his goals last year, we we could have been in some serious trouble. And not just his goals; it was his it was his assists as well. Um, just carrying the ball forward, you know, winning corners, free kicks, further up the pitch. You know, he attacking wise was on a different level to the other players, and I don't even think he was at his best either last year. Um, obviously, he had that serious knee injury. Uh, he did his ACL a couple of years ago, and he was still working his way back from that. Pre-season, he looks absolutely lethal. The only worry is he's only got 12 months left on his contract. Um, so we need to get that sorted out pronto. But the, the, he's approaching his mid-20s now. He's got dreams of playing the Premier League. And if we aren't showing that we're going to be there, as much as it pains me, who could blame him for... You know, he's been here since since he was a kid. Who could blame him for saying, you know what, I've given you more than enough opportunity to show me you're going to get in the top flight. I want to go there and this club doesn't look like it's going to. Fingers crossed, like I say, that Alex Neal and the signings and that have been brought in is enough to convince him to stick around and sign a new deal. We've got some really good, talented players coming through, especially attacking-wise as well. Uh, Emre Tezgel, Nathan Lowe, two 17-year-old strikers. Um, Emre's been absolutely ripping it up for England. He was captain our under-23 team when he was, like, 16. He's been absolutely ridiculous. Um, He's our youngest ever player, but he looks a player for me. I, I watch him. He's very clever. I watched him at Notts County and Friendly the other weekend. He he started the game up front and he had like Brown one side, Campbell the other. And first five, ten minutes, he was knocked off the ball quite easily by the Notts County central halves, just sort of brushed him aside. And he very quickly realised that he had to find himself a bit of space and he dropped off the centre half. And from then on, he was very much in the game. He got a couple of assists. He only played 45 minutes. Then we were like 4-1 up to half-time. He got a couple of assists, a couple of lovely round-the-corner passes, first time. Um, but it was, yeah, what impressed me was his intelligence and his understanding. Right, I can't physically compete here. I've got to drop off. Nathan Lowe seems to be more physically ready for football. He can, he, when, he, when he's been coming on... Um, and playing before he got his injury last season, he would like he would stand toe to toe with central halves and bang them about with him. Um, so yeah, at seventeen, that's a, a real good thing as well. You know, in, impressive. Uh, other than that, we've just handed a contract actually today to sixteen-year-old Sol Sadibi, uh, which is uh, called hero of this club, Mama Sadibi, his son Sol. He's an England youth international. He's been playing again with the first team during pre-season, and he looks an absolute baller um, centre mid. So. Fingers crossed that he keeps his development going. And, yeah, three names there. There's, there is others, to be fair. We've got some really good, talented kids coming through. Um, but at the minute, those three are probably the ones that stand out for me. And I'm excited to see, you know, their progression. Uh, also excited to see a couple of summer signings, to be honest. Like I say, we've uh, mentioned earlier on, we've signed a couple of Portuguese wingers. Um, yeah, so Chiquinho's coming from Wolves and, to me... He had a, you know, he made his first appearance at Burton the other night, and absolutely was tearing their fullback apart. So for me, yeah, I'm really sort of looking forward to to seeing him and you know getting him fully fit. I know he's coming back from a serious injury himself, an ACL injury, just like uh, we've nursed Tyrese back from, and Harry Suter amongst others. You know, it seems to be a growing thing at this club. Uh, but yeah, Wolves Wolves fans are really unimpressed that they've let him go on loan and stuff. So. Yeah, we're um, hopefully we we can get him on top form, and uh, yeah, he, he certainly could be up there. We're one of the most productive attackers in this league if we can. 
um, certainly going to be exciting. And after you know the signings that have come in recently, I think we we still need a goalkeeper um, to replace Jack Bonham. If if we have any intention of doing anything this season, uh, barring just staying up, then he is not the man for being goal for me. Um, no offense to him, very lovely chap, but he's he's not uh, yeah not a championship goalkeeper. Uh, Mark Travers, who has proven himself to definitely be good enough for the championship, he is apparently on the verge of being signed. Uh, as far as medicals all done and everything, so fingers crossed that is announced before the weekend, uh, because he would, you could say, definitely be an upgrade. And I think then we probably just need somebody, a focal point in attack, uh, somebody to put these chances away, because that's what we're lacking at the minute. We haven't got an out-and-out goal scorer as such, or someone who can play down the middle and that. So, yeah, one one at either end of the pitch, and we might well uh, be able to cope from then. Probably a cent- probably a centre half as well. To be fair. Uh, maybe even two, but yeah, we um, someone just departed Ben Wilmot, but yeah, that'd be greedy if, if that's third choice. Definitely goalkeeper first, striker second, and then get centre half just to finish everything off. Where where would that leave us though? I suppose is the question, and I I think realistically, I think we should be aiming with this side now, barring the injury crisis that seems to follow us around top ten. Should should be uh, very much achievable, and we should definitely be pushing to get into the top six. Um, how we cope with a few injuries, I don't know, because like I say the squad isn't massive at the minute. Whether he's going to pad that out with more players before the window shuts, there's plenty of time to be doing that. Um, like I say, but it's exciting times for Stoke because we just don't know. <laughs> it's, it's everything's fresh and new. Um, Right the way around the club, so yeah, that that's the uh, the key part. Um, as for Plymouth, I think you'll do all right. I think there's there's a massive club there. You've got a great catchment area as well. And if it, the thing is, you have the momentum of coming up. You know, you've won a division there that was absolutely mental in in our you know Ipswich, Sheffield Wednesday, both got enough points to win the league and something like. 15 at the last 19 years or something stupid like that you know, and you beat both of them to that so that showed great consistency I think you've got a very good manager uh, you yourselves have got a very good goalkeeper as well I know that so I think you'll be alright as regards staying up and to be honest if I was coming up from the league one how competitive and how big this division is there's a you know it's so, going to be so difficult this year. There's so many big clubs in there. I, if I was a promoter club, I think I would take staying up, especially staying up comfortably. I think you will think you'd be like you know, fifteenth to eighteenth would be my guess, and then I think you can build from that next year. Um, but yeah, best of luck to you. Uh, you can find us on all the usual podcast places. Uh, we are audio only, so nothing on sort of YouTube and that. Um, but yeah, you can also follow us on at Every Step Along on Twitter, and we do have a Facebook group as well. Popping back into Wales for a bit to catch up on all things Swansea City, I'm joined by Luke from Swanscast. Welcome, Luke. How's things? Hiya, thank you for having me. Well, good, all thanks. Good? Yeah, yeah, everything's good. Uh, well, pre-season, isn't it? So we have to uh, get the optimism in now, and then uh, the reality will set in i'm sure in a couple of weeks time of where everyone is so, so let's start off by running us through what happened last season how you got on under russell martin yeah so last season was a bit of a weird one we had 
not the best start of the season, but it, it gradually really picked up up towards uh, before the World Cup, where we had a really good run and had a good win over Cardiff. And you said you've been in Wales for previous videos, so um, just have to put that in there. Um, and we were looking at maybe having a good push for the playoffs. And then after the World Cup, it just kind of fell apart. And we had some stupid, like, four wins in 21 games, or even more, uh, with, a, with a win. So really bad run. Probably Russell Martin was a little bit lucky that he didn't lose his job. There was definitely calls for it in the fan base, very mixed opinions on the direction of what should happen, whether you should stick it out, stick with the transition, give him more time, or if it just wasn't working. And he managed to pull it round, actually. We had a really bad January transfer window, which didn't help that situation. Didn't bring anyone in. Uh, lost over Fermi, so a little bit light uh, in some places. Um, but yeah, he, he managed to get out of the rut, if you like. And I guess it was a good learning experience for the squad on him. Uh, we managed to pull a run of seven wins in the last nine games, with the other two being draws, to shoot back up the table and ultimately only miss out on the playoffs by, I think it was three points in the end. Um, or there or thereabouts, I think it was three points um, to Sunderland, finishing in 10th. So it was a case of what could have been at that point. Such a long run where there was a lot of games there where you could pick up a draw easily by concentrating that a little bit more at the end of the game. Or maybe there was one or two games we should have won. Uh, one at the start of the season where we were 2-0 up to Millwall at home uh, in the 90th minute and we ended up drawing 2 all. And another one where we were 2-1 up against Birmingham at home in the second half of the season. And we ended up losing 3-2 uh, in injury time. So those two games specifically stand out as season-defining moments where we could have been potentially somewhere else now if it had worked out. And ultimately, Russell Martin has got his promotion, if you like, in terms of going to Southampton, when a couple of months earlier, maybe could have been uh, out the door. So it's crazy how things uh, could change that quickly in football, I guess. Yeah, exactly. So, what what is the thoughts among the fan base about you know Russell leaving and and uh, Michael Duff coming in? Well, he's kind of always been a bit divisive. Um, the first year was transition. Uh, he changed things to be a lot more possession focused than Steve Cooper, but it, it lasted maybe longer than what was expected in terms of like it was just no consistency. Uh, when we played well, you could you know we really played well. It looked like really good style, and we were gonna crack on with it and then all of a sudden you think that's where it was going and then you kind of hit another rock or bump in the road and yeah a little bit of a roller coaster for his entire tenure as I just described from last season that happened for both seasons so there was a large vocal part of the fan base who didn't think he was up to it because he couldn't find that consistency and there was large underlying areas of concern like the defence that he wasn't able to address and then large areas that were happy to push on. They thought they could see the right things. Um, he was building something. He was speaking very well about his connection with the fans, how he loves the club, and he's got a project here, so we're happy for him to continue. So you had both camps, I guess, voicing their opinions when he left. Um, but I guess the people who backed him were a bit disappointed that the words would have been meaningless. But that's always the case, isn't it? Let's be honest. This, um, all of the managers say that these days, and as soon as the opportunity comes, they're all... They're all going. I think a lot of fans were disappointed. They think the club needs to do more to try and keep managers for longer. Two years seems a short time these days. Um, but I like to remind them when they do be vocal about that, that I think that's probably above average for most managers 
in any job in football at the moment, uh, which is the the case across all of the football leagues. So Michael Duff coming in, um, he had a really good time last season at Barnsley, obviously getting to the playoff final. So I've heard a lot of positive things about him coming in. Maybe he won't change the style too much, but we'll make it more solid. And I think that's what we need. So it could be a little bit of an evolution on what we were doing under Russell Martin and hopefully fixing some of the problems that it seemed he maybe couldn't fix. So I'm positive from that aspect. It just depends how they fill the gaps in the squad um, to mean that it can actually be meaningful for the year. Yeah, you, you talk about gaps in the squad there. How's your transfer window gone so far? Um, so, so far, we haven't really had any notable people leaving other than Morgan Whitaker, who's joined Plymouth, of course. Oh, I, d- I didn't know yeah. about that. Um, I don't want to say he's not notable, but he didn't really he didn't really make a name for himself here. And it's a little bit of a shame because I would have liked to, to have seen him display the sort of form that he did display last season in League One. Um, but ultimately, I don't know, for whatever reason, like Russell Martin recalled him in January because of that form. Um, I know he didn't really want to come back, so I feel like maybe his head just wasn't there and he couldn't output because of the comfort of where you are. And that makes sense. Um, but that, then he just didn't play, so it seemed like a waste. Yeah. But anyway, I'm wishing him well for, for, his, for his season ahead. Other than that, um, we're expecting Joel Perot to leave. Nothing yet. Um, I think they're trying to use the Gyokura's transfer fee as a bit of a bargaining tool. Whether that's going to put people off, I'm not sure. But he's only got a year left in his contract, so I'm hoping that they make the correct decision because there could be a lot of money lost if they get it wrong and then we don't go up because going up is the only way we're going to keep him. Um, coming in, we've signed on a free transfer, Josh Janelli from, I think it was... I'm going to get it wrong now. I think it was Hearts and Scottish League that he played for before. Could be wrong. It was somewhere up there. Um, he's I haven't seen anything of him at the moment because he's coming with an injury, so can't really talk too much about him. But he should add something up top uh, or out wide. Um, we've signed Josh Key from Exeter. I think he's perhaps one of the more exciting additions. Uh, right back's been a bit of an area of concern for us. Wing backs in general, we haven't really got too much uh, going on there with Latabodia leaving on a free transfer at the end of last season, his contract running down, and Ryan Manning on the other side, who were operating in the wing-back roles last season. So massive losses, especially Manning um, running his contract down and obviously going with Russell Martin to Southampton, whether there's a little bit more there, who knows, eh? But um, but yeah, so that's happened. It's very disappointing. But um, and, and Jerry Yates is the other one. So he's come in from Blackpool. Uh, 14 goals for them last season in a team that got relegated. So if Perot does leave, I'm hoping that he can step up and be that main man up top. So a little bit excited about seeing what he can offer as well. Yeah, I, I saw Yates as more of a replacement for Obafemi though, right? So you'd still need one. Yeah, potentially. But again, it, I guess it depends on the style of Duff now. So um, uh, Russell Martin would quite often, if Obafemi and Perot played together, Obafemi would play as a central striker and Perot would play out wide on the right which I don't think suited him necessarily, but it was a way of getting them both in the team for the way that Russell wanted to play. He didn't very often play two up top. And even when Liam Callan came into the team later in the season, it wasn't really two central strikers. It was quite weird that they were quite wide. Um, I think Duff will be a little bit more direct in that he will play two strikers. So a little bit different job maybe for Yates. Um, and yeah, if Peru does leave, I'd expect another sign-in. 
But if he can have the output of 14 goals in a relegated team, I just hope that he can go some way to replacing the goals we lose from Puro, even if he does it in a different way. So obviously we've been through quite a few of your squad there, but who's the who's the key member? Who's the one to watch? Um, I think it's always still got to be Mac Grimes in the centre of the park. He's the team's been built around him for a number of years now. He's the captain of the of the squad. Everything has run through him in midfield for years. So I'm I'm going to assume going into this new era, it will be the same. You know, he's he's definitely um, what controls the midfield and what controls the centre of our output on the pitch. Um, he, will, he will come and drop to the defence, pick up the ball, and he will get it moving. So everything goes through him. And often when he is kind of stopped, targeted, or not in the team, you, you'll know, you can see, definitely. It's hard to stop him because he will always go and search for the ball. He will go anywhere. He will always make himself available in tricky situations. Obviously, every player gets it wrong sometimes, but you've got to credit someone that never shies away from the ball. And that's leading by example then. If you want to play a possession, exciting game, which is you know what we tend to try and do. So he'll definitely be the main person. He's, he, but he's the sort of player that maybe he's not always in the headlines every week, so you might not always see him in the news. You might, you know, you'll have the Perot up there scoring the 20 goals in the season, but, but often Grimes is the one that's kind of making it tick behind the scenes then. Yeah, nice. So have you got any exciting like young youth academy prospects that <clears throat> Yeah, so it's always interesting when a new manager comes in because I think it's a fresh pair of eyes to look into that youth team and maybe somebody pops up that you wouldn't have expected based on the previous regime to make a name for themselves. And judging just from pre-season so far, there's a striker called Josh Thomas who I think he scores in like five or six goals in three or four matches in pre-season. Um, really not really that involved. Last year, I think he made one or two substitute, uh, sat on a bench, I'm not sure if he actually came on. Um, so if he can, if he's displaying that output in pre-season, where he's outscoring Perot, he's outscoring Callan, who have been in and around the first team, um, there's no reason why he's not sticking his hand up to say, I want to be part of the squad this year. And considering strikers an area we are looking at kind of uh, recycling, if you like, especially if Perot does leave as well, I'm expecting Duff to rotate between maybe four options if he's going to play two up top. He could definitely work his way in there, even if he starts as that fourth choice who's going to come on now and again to get some minutes. If he can display that sort of goal-scoring form at all in the season, then maybe it could be an exciting year for him. Yeah, nice. Sounds like a bit of a gem. Um, moving on to like next season, then, what's the current moves amongst the fan base? I think it's a fresh start, isn't it? So if if, it's, if you ask me that question, that was a bit weird because we had the friendly on Saturday that we lost 1-0 to Oxford United. So keeper made a howler. It was one of them classic yeah, pre-season has... friendly games where it was the first one the fans got to go and see and then it was rubbish. But it's pre-season. I think that's that's important. Um, so I won't talk about the reaction from that game because everybody overreacts. But I think it's just exciting, isn't it? Because you've got, you've got a new manager and it's always a case of, oh, what's it going to bring this time? Um and you've only got positives to base his experience on. So from what he did at Barnsley and Cheltenham before that, um, he's had a really good CV. So if he, I talked about the transition being quite long for Russell Martin, borderline nearly two years before it kind of looked like it might have settled in. At Barnsley last season, Michael Duff did it in a couple of months and then got him to the playoff final. So I think if we're going to look at his history, I'm hoping that he can come in and adapt to the squad quite well. It's tricky situations to navigate in the championship with finances for a lot of clubs. 
uh, so we're in a similar boat there. And I think he had the same sort of task at Barnsley where they got relegated, players wanted to leave, had to kind of like uh, regenerate the squad and they had a good season. So, yeah, I'm, I'm excited. I think the general opinion is optimistic and looking forward to see what he can bring. Um, no one's really expecting like to win the league, to get automatics, even playoffs. Um, but I think we finished 10th last year. If we can at all match or better that, that's definitely a successful season. Uh, you've, you've answered my next question, which is what constitutes a successful season. So we'll yeah. go with that. Is that where you think you'll finish? or? Well, we had a big um, drop-off after Steve Cooper where we had back-to-back playoffs to, uh, I want to say he was a 14th or 15th or something in um, somewhere in the midfield, I can't remember exactly, in Russell Martin's first season where there were signs of what he was trying to do, but it was definitely a transition year and we suffered in terms of positional drop in the league table. Um, and yeah, it was progress last year, but like I said, we also only just missed out on playoffs and ultimately it was our own doing and we only have ourselves to blame. So frustrating. Um, so yes, I think we we haven't lost significant players to not be able to build on last season other than the expected departure of Peru. But then that should generate a decent fee for us to be able to fill some of the holes that might have let us down last year, like the wing-back positions, where we were limited in, uh, like, Azabodia playing right-back. He's not a right-back, he's a centre-back. And he spent the season playing a right-back, um, just for one one example of a position, goalkeeper as well. Our main goalie got injured, and the stand-in isn't the most popular stand-in as a big confidence player, and the confidence player is probably not what you want in between sticks you know because when you start making errors they just they, they keep coming so um i think 10th as a as the aim in terms of matching last season hopefully we can build on it though i'd like to think the tra- the, the difference between the two styles isn't going to be too big that it takes too long to adjust so we can crack on and try and have a good positive season and build on what we kind of left last year yeah, I think for me that you're going moving to Michael Duff is actually a sort of a step up for you. Yeah. While Southampton also have a really good manager in Russell Martin, it's sort of like yeah, I think it might might suit him because they've got money to back him. Uh, they've got probably better players because they've just got relegated from the squad for him to implement what he wants. Because I think it's quite a hard style to perfect um, to the way that it's successful. Like we had periods like the last. Uh, nine games of the season when it was really good for us but it, we also conceded so many goals last year I think we were some of like the fourth top goal scorers but also one of the worst defences if not the worst defence um, just scan it through quickly the fourth worst defence so the fourth best goal, goal scorers fourth worst defence you know it's a recipe for disaster in terms of if you want to actually have a successful season you've got mm-hmm. one aspect of it right but then you get the other aspect really wrong at the same time and I think um, a lot of that, maybe you could argue, is down to the back, you know, perhaps the money he had available to him, I would say, they didn't, he didn't, whether it was him or whoever, didn't make the best decisions on how to use limited funds. So I'm not saying the players necessarily brought in had a, did a bad job, but did you fill all the holes adequately using, say you have a set amount of money, you spent a lot of it here and a lot of it here, but then you didn't acknowledge these two other areas that you needed to acknowledge and you couldn't then do it because there was no money left. And ultimately, that's probably what's cost you. So, for example, bringing Joe Allen back, even though it's a free transfer and everyone loves Joe Allen, he's obviously a local boy. Um, 
did we need another midfielder, especially another midfielder that's got an injury history and ended up playing less than half the season and spending those wages? Could we have spent them somewhere else where we didn't actually have cover rather than a position where we did have enough cover, but it was good if he could play, if that makes sense. So moving on to the, the championship as a whole, just want some predictions, really. Who wins the league? I don't know what I think the championship this season is so competitive. Um, I think the teams that have come down have really made it a difficult season for anyone. I think that you've got to nail it if you want to go up this year. And I'm going to say, um, I think Leicester, I think have got a, a lot of pedigree to be able to go straight back up and have a really good season. It would shock me if one of the three that doesn't come down doesn't win the league. Mm. Um, knowing Russell Martin, it wouldn't surprise me if they don't win the league but have a good season because I think there will be slip-ups in his implementation of his style that maybe sees Southampton slip to a playoff position. But yeah, I think I'm going to say Leicester to win the league. So if, if Leicester win the league and Southampton are in the playoffs, who's Who's your runner-up? Well, I don't know. It's, it's so tricky. I wrote this down the other day, but I've, uh, <laughs> I think you change your mind every day, didn't you? Um, I think some teams like that didn't necessarily do so well last year, like the Watfords, the Norwich, uh, the West Brom. I know some of the West Brom had a good end of the season. Um, they'll be ones to watch as well going into this, this year. Some, some of the relegated teams from previous that didn't do amazing. This is going to make us so competitive. I really can't give you an answer. I'm not going to lie. But I'm going to say, having said those three teams, I'm going to go with Leeds for second place at the moment. Might change my mind tomorrow. But um, those three, I think, will be sniffing around the playoffs, the ones I just mentioned. Nice. But before I ask you to name your bottom three, yeah. just going to just going to ask you how you think Argyle will get on in their first season back in the Championship. Do you know what? I think I'm quite impressed with your manager. I think he's doing a good job. So I think he's got a realistic... Um, good opportunity to keep you guys up if you can play the sort of football you were playing last year that allowed Whitaker to excel. Um, so I'm going to say, in terms of the bottom three, I'm not going to put you there. I think you're going to just stay safe, whether whether that's one or two positions. I think, you know, that would be a good season if you can stay up. I don't know if you'd agree with that. Yeah, yeah. Above the dotted yeah. line, it's fine by me. Yeah. So I would say there's a couple of teams that might struggle. Um Again, I, I had this written down the other day. Should have pulled it up. But, um, <laughs> QPR, I think, like I haven't seen everyone's transfer dealings, but judged on their free for last season, I'd be a little bit worried if I'm if I'm QPR. Um, they they looked like early season playoff contenders, and in the end, nearly got relegated. It was quite a free fall. Um, so I'm going to put them there or thereabouts on the bottom. I think out of the three that have come up, Rotherham, I want to say, might have a tricky year. I'm going to put them... Sorry, they didn't come up last year. They came up the year before, didn't they? But I think they, they might have a tricky year. And Sheffield Wednesday, I'm not sure they're going to have enough to stay up as much as they've got George Byers, an ex-Swan as well. So Rotherham, Sheffield and QPR. Nice. Appreciate that. Before you go, where can people find you? Um, so, yeah, you can listen to more of my rambling on uh, Swan's Cast podcast if you want to pop along there. Uh, we're on YouTube and other podcast platforms, Spotify, Apple, Google, those ones, the, the normal the normal places really, and Twitter is our most active social media as well. Brilliant. Cheers, Luke. Appreciate that. Okay. Thanks for having me on.
With that brings a close to another Green and White pod brought to you by Argyle Life. Be sure to follow us on Twitter, like on Facebook and keep up to date with all things Argyle by checking out www.argyle.life. As always with all listens, old and new, we really appreciate if you could leave a review on Spotify or Apple Podcasts or wherever you found us. Every rating helps us beat that algorithm. See you next week. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.